0: Welcome back to episode five of our Capstone Simcast. I'm your host, Holly Stokely, and I'm joined by my co-host, Heather Colt. Today, we will be talking about pre-brief and debrief in simulation. This both starts and ends the simulation experience for students and is just as important as being in the simulation lab. First, let's talk about pre-brief. During the pre-brief, faculty are setting the stage for the experience. This should be a structured pre-brief that is scripted to ensure standardization for all students, especially for your higher stakes simulations. We also want to ensure that we identify the expectations of the students as these change for students as they progress through the program. In your pre-brief, you want to include several things. First is activities that establish an environment of trust and respect. You want to let the students know what the expectations are for not only them, but for you as the faculty. Lay out any ground rules for being in the sim lab. This could be behaviors that are acceptable and not acceptable and highlighting teamwork. It's important to orient the students to the space equipment, simulator, roles, time allotment, objectives and method of evaluation. For our first semester students, it's a good idea to orient them to the rooms, how the mannequins work. Give them time to listen to the mannequins to be able to distinguish the machine sound from the heart and lung sounds. And let them know how much time they have to be in the room. For second, third, and fourth semester students, we want to ensure they know where the equipment is in the room and how to work it. Also explain any roles that the students could have and how they're being evaluated. This is also the time you want to give students a report on the patient and provide the backstory to what's going on. It's helpful to provide this information in a written format. It could be a piece of paper that's given to the students, or it could be found in the electronic health record. You want that information available for the students to refer to it if they need to.
1: So Heather, what are your thoughts on where the pre-brief itself should occur? That's an excellent question, Holly. And I think it really depends on the student, on the scenario. Um, Like you mentioned, with first semester students, they may need that extra orientation to the room and how your simulator works and how the sounds are. So providing that pre-brief in the room may actually be more beneficial for the student. As they progress through the semester, um, or as as they progress through the program, Um, I think it's appropriate to let them knock on the door and know that the simulation begins at that point. Letting the faculty give them report for the situation, um, especially if it's an unfolding scenario where you might not want them to see what's going on at that time. I think that's an excellent idea, especially
0: considering in the real world, your interaction with a patient begins when you knock on the door. And walk into a patient room and it gives the students a solid starting point. Let's move on to the debrief. So debriefing should occur immediately following the completion of the scenario. Now debriefing is a standalone healthcare simulation standard, so know that some of the content is being pulled from that standalone standard. The purpose of the debrief is for the students to review and reflect on the scenario and their experience. You want to design this before implementing the simulation with students, and it is a great idea to run through the debrief following a pilot run of the simulation itself. So let's talk about some things that are important to include or think about in the debrief. As we discussed in a previous podcast, those who debrief should be competent in the process and have been trained in the appropriate techniques. If there is no formal education on it, it is important for those who are new to it to sit in with a seasoned faculty to see how a debrief is appropriately done. The, debrief, the debriefing environment you want to ensure that students understand the debriefing process, what's going to occur, that it is a non judgmental time, that it is a time to learn from the experience, and that it's also a confidential time. We're not going to go discuss what one student said with anyone else. You also want to acknowledge and validate the participants' emotional responses. As we know, our students tend to get very nervous in the simulation room. You want to demonstrate a positive regard for the students. Allow them to express their feelings and express their perspective. And be aware of your own body language and your tone of voice. We want to encourage discussion with the students So if you're sitting there with your arms crossed and you have a negative tone, students probably are not going to be more forthcoming during the debrief. And that's really the whole point is for the students to talk during a debriefing session. You want to guide students to reflect on their decisions, how they felt about their skill level, how they felt about the knowledge of the disease process. And it's best conducted in a conference room or in a room that is away from where the simulation occurred. The one who conducts the debriefing should have been present for the entire simulation experience and have been able to pay very close attention. So the one who's going to conduct the debrief should not have multiple roles during the scenario. For example, they should not be voicing the patient and running the computer at the same time as that is a big distraction and then you can't pay attention to what the students are saying and how they're communicating with each other. You also want to choose an appropriate feedback technique. Are you going to sit and just talk face to face? Are you going to provide a scoring mechanism or a checklist for the students to walk through or even video playback and let the students watch themselves back and discuss their choices? Provide formative feedback based on the objectives that you've already outlined, the students' decisions during the scenario. Reinforce things that were positive, but do correct the misunderstandings. While we don't want to be critical, we want to make sure our students did learn from any errors. You also wanna facilitate appropriate critical thinking and clinical judgment by asking appropriate questions. So have those already written out during your debrief process. And then at the end, you wanna summarize the learning. Close any gaps in knowledge and reasoning as well. So literature tells us that debriefing should last twice as long as the simulation. So if a student is in the sim lab for 30 minutes, then your debrief should last an hour. Be sure to plan accordingly when mapping out timing for multiple simulations during the day. Also, be sure to reserve rooms for debriefing if available. This also allows for quicker turnover in the simulation lab and removes the students from the room to discuss what happened. Remember that our technology does allow for recording and video playback, which could be very useful in debriefing. I attended a conference several years ago and heard this great idea. An instructor at another facility did what she called the three-minute dump following a simulation experience. After the completion of the simulation, the students were taken to another room and given three minutes to write down anything they wanted to on a sheet of paper. They could write down how they felt about the experience, if they were angry or if they were frustrated, if they thought something in the simulation wasn't fair. This piece of paper was never seen by anyone. The students ripped up the piece of paper and threw it away after the debriefing session. But it did give the students a chance to express any feelings safely. Heather, what other debriefing techniques could faculty use?
1: While there are a lot of different debriefing techniques, um, I have two that are pretty common, commonly used. One is the plus-delta method, and this includes a two-column checklist where the plus represents good behaviors or actions, and delta represents the areas of improvement. This is a user-friendly method for the novice debriefer. Um, We also have the PEARL method, which is promoting excellence and reflective learning in sim. This is a four-phase framework. It includes reaction, analysis, summary, and then a descriptive phase to share thoughts between the facilitator and the learner. Uh, Some other uh, techniques would include the team games and the after action review. So of course there are tons of other techniques, but these are just a few that we're familiar with.
0: Those are all excellent examples. And it's important to go ahead and identify your technique at this point, again, so that all students receive the same type of debrief and so that it is standardized across the board. Also, remember that our students are very nervous in the simulation lab. They are being watched by their faculty and that can be very nerve wracking as I'm sure we all remember when we were students. We wanna do our best to alleviate that nervousness during our pre-brief and encourage them during the debrief so that their next experience, maybe they're not as nervous. If you have any questions, please let us know in the comments or send us an email, and we will be answering those in our next SimCast. We hope to see you next week, and thank you for joining us.